Welcome to Beltway Talk, the podcast of the American International Automobile Dealers Association, where we examine the intersection between Washington politics and the auto retail industry. I'm your host, Hannah Oliver. Today's episode of Beltway Talk is brought to you by AIADA affinity partner, Cox Automotive, transforming the way the world buys, sells, owns, and uses cars. Find out more at AIADA.org. We're joined on today's episode of Beltway Talk by Charlie Chesbro, who is the Senior Economist and Senior Director of Industry Insights at Cox Automotive. Charlie is a regular on the podcast, and he's here today to catch listeners up on the state of the auto retail industry, inventory supplies, and what's ahead in the coming months. Welcome back to Beltway Talk, Charlie. Thanks for having me. Um, I know it has been a few months since you last joined us, and so much has happened in that time. And by all accounts, it looks like the worst is behind us from COVID-19, and so many dealers I've talked to seem really optimistic um, at what the future is looking like. But could you start out today by giving us an overview of where the U.S. auto retail market has been and where it currently stands? Well, boy, that's a that's a big question because it's been on quite a roller coaster. Uh, I, I have to say, we're kind of an agreement here at Cox Automotive. We also think the the worst is probably behind us, but that's not to say that we've got a a beautiful rainbow in front of us. It's going to be a slow uh, recovery to get back, but we are definitely on the right uh, path from where we were just a few weeks back. Uh, the, the year started off on a very solid ground. In fact, I think if you look at sales uh, for the months of January and February, they probably were up on a year-over-year basis. Uh, so we were looking at another maybe 17 million or high 16 million year for new vehicle sales, and, and then the pandemic hit, and we saw uh, uh, the vehicle markets just starting to get hit dramatically right around, I'd say around March 12th, somewhere around the end of the second week of March. Uh, sales really started to tank. And that's when sort of the fear factor kind of kicked in, as well as many uh, governors started shutting down dealers around the country and started shutting down business operations. And it's really had a dramatic impact uh, on the marketplace in so many ways, because uh, some states were closed while other states were open. And as a result of that, uh, some vehicle segments are uh, you know sold okay, other vehicle segments sold terrible. Some manufacturers that are, are heavily focused in the uh, the states that did shut down, you know, saw that their market shares, you know, they lost quite a bit of ground against their competitors. Uh, so a lot mm-hmm. of things have been moving over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but we are starting to see things get back uh, more to normal. Uh, for those who want to know the actual numbers, it looks like in the month of March, uh, the official data shows that we fell uh, about 38% on a year-over-year basis. And then in April, the market bottomed at down 46%. Uh, and then in May, we began the recovery, and the market was then down about 30%. Uh, the question we're wrestling with today is what's going to happen in June and, and, and over the course of the summer, and how does this recovery continue? Mm-hmm. And I know that one of the concerns right now is inventory. Um, which automakers and dealers do you think are most impacted by inventory shortages? And how long do you anticipate the industry will be coping with with this issue? Yeah, it's really kind of an interesting situation that the industry is in. I think kind of uh, unique in that uh, you know we're in a, in the depths of a of a big uh, recession. Uh, de- demand is is quite suppressed, and normally that that sees inventory uh, supply spike. That you know the there, there's too much uh, inventory out there because the plants are still producing output. 
But in this in this crisis that we've been in, the plants shut down the same time as the dealerships shut down. So both retail and manufacturing were all kind of closed down. So we didn't see inventories uh, really build up to substantial levels. We saw uh, uh, day supply uh, actually peak uh, sometime around early uh, April or mid-April, uh, where we, uh, the, the selling rate had fallen so low, yet inventories kind of remained static or had even grown a little bit as some last uh, deliveries were made. Uh, but then since that time, we've seen day supply fall dramatically. Uh, and now day supply is at a level uh, pretty mm-hmm. much pr- where we were at prior to the, the virus. Uh, uh, but the danger that we're in right now is that the market is recovering at a quicker rate than supply is recovering. And so we're pulling down these uh, the, the amount of inventory that's out there. And, and we estimate that uh, you know, inventory levels, the amount of inventory that's actually in the market, uh, hasn't been this low uh, for about 18 months. So we're really uh, uh, seeing it fall mm-hmm. dramatically. What, what that's going to mean for car shoppers is, is that uh, for folks that are out there thinking they're going to get a deal, uh, it may be that there's just not a lot of inventory to choose from. Uh, and people may have to sacrifice on the trim level they're going to get or the color. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to get the exact product you want. Uh, but this is certainly a situation that we see that over the course of the summer, if they can't get these factories up and running and really getting the output humming along, and it's been a real challenge uh, for, for many manufacturers, we could see this inventory supply constraint kind of hold back the recovery uh, over the summer months here. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I know. And in terms of, and, might... and I know you asked, I'm sorry, you, you asked, uh, you know, the situation by manufacturers, you know, they're all kind of in different situations, but. Uh, we, we've seen sort of Toyota appears to have a very lo- uh, low level of inventory, uh, as does GMC. Uh, and so uh, they may be in, in a slightly better situation than the country as a whole. Right now, we estimate the day supply is somewhere in the neighborhood of about 74 days, uh, mm. uh, which is right about where you would want it to be, about two, a little over two months uh, of supply. But I would say the majority of manufacturers have uh, have higher rates than that. Uh, but some of the large volume manufacturers are actually below that. Mm, okay. And I um, I know that the overall experience of dealers has varied across states in recent months. And I know you referenced this a bit um, above. But um, in terms of vehicle sales, which states were hit hardest by COVID-19? And how are they performing now as we move into the second half of the year based on your data and considering inventory shortages, obviously? Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting. The uh, the maps of sort of hardest hit states uh, in terms of vehicle sales follows pretty closely to the map you see on, on CNN or Fox News showing the where the COVID virus has hit various states. Uh, you know, it follows a very close trajectory where governors had to shut down operations, that that's where vehicle sales uh, were hardest hit. So your northeast states like New York, uh, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, New Jersey, uh, we saw very large declines uh, in vehicle sales. Uh, and then California and Washington as well on, on the West Coast. Um, for other states that weren't hit as bad, uh, uh, you know, the whole nation uh, was down. You know, if you just look at sort of the second quarter period, sort of March 1st to May 30th, the whole nation was down a little over 40 percent during that that uh, uh, those three month periods. Uh, but Arkansas was only down 14 percent. So if there was a winner, I guess, in this environment, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it was Arkansas. Uh, but <laughs> as a result of sort of these changes, we also saw dramatic uh, changes in, in share of nation 
uh, by various states. And if we and if we kind of judge the marketplace by those uh, measures, uh, Texas is clearly the big winner uh, because of the large pickup truck sales and the fact that they remained open for much longer. Uh, they gained about two percent market share of all of the nation's sales uh, just in that uh, that May uh, excuse me March 1st to May 30th time period that re- that uh, sort of depths of the virus crisis. Uh, and Florida is not too far behind as well, with Cal- California, New York, and Pennsylvania all losing uh, anywhere from one and a half to two percent share. Mm, okay. Um, so when, where we expect to go, and so now that the, everybody's open again, though, or, or is beginning to, to open uh, statewide, uh, we expect that those states will recover and gain back some of those share, and, and, and we'll see that improve. But as you know, you know, the virus, the, the states that didn't shut down before are starting to suffer a bit more from the virus today, uh, as we're seeing infection rates and, and, and other uh, bad signals coming from those markets, like in Texas and uh, the Carolinas and other parts of the South. So we may see that this uh, is going to swing back the other way as those states have to uh, address the virus uh, over the next few months. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like uh, there's a lot of uncertainty hanging out there. Um, but I do know that this week um, the Department of Commerce indicated that May retail sales were up 17.7% um, and then autos were cited as being a very big part of that increase. Do you see this trend holding or do you? what do you see for the coming months? Well, that's the big question. You know, I think if there's if there's one cure that we have found for the virus, that's zero for 84 financing uh, on pickup trucks. Uh, that seems to be something that will uh, uh, move the needle. Certainly, uh, it, it you know it gets folks to go out of their house in the middle of a pandemic to buy a to buy a, a vehicle because we did see pickup trucks really sell uh, like hotcakes in the months of, of mm-hmm. April and May. And much of that was due to the uh, the financing offers that many of the manufacturers had gone to. Uh, is that sustainable? You know, I, we've had this very nice recovery. Our concern now is is that did we sort of see a uh, a, a, a bit of a pull ahead of demand that uh, there were such aggressive offers out there, the zero percent financing for extended loan terms? Did we pull ahead people in the market that were maybe going to buy over the summer? so that we don't have as many prospective shoppers here uh, in the summer months. And that coupled with the idea that we do see that inventory is going to be constrained, we see that the the recovery over the course of the summer isn't going to be quite as robust as we've seen uh, so far uh, in in the early stages here. Uh, So Mm -hmm. we don't see sort of a, a fallback in the market. It's just that you know, this V recovery that we all hope for, I think it's going to be very difficult uh, in vehicle sales uh, and it's going to take some time for us to get back to normal. Our forecast for the entire year right now for, for light vehicle sales uh, is about 12.9 million. So far below the, uh, uh, you know, the, the 17 million we did last year. It, it's uh, We're definitely on the right path, but there's a, a lot of ground to make up uh, even still in the next couple months. Mm. And speaking of um, purchasing trends, um, are there any trends that you are seeing in terms of Americans' plans to purchase a vehicle in the next few months? For example, are some Americans planning to wait two to three months or six months or more? Um, what are you guys seeing? Well, we had, we had done a number of surveys. Uh, we monitor the marketplace quite often, uh, asking folks in Internet surveys, are they, are they still in the market to shop, uh, to buy a vehicle over the next six months? Are they going to delay that purchase? Uh, and we have seen, it's been quite volatile. We've seen movements in every in, in either direction. 
but on the whole, I'd say that we that there's still uh, a lot of interest out there in vehicles, that consumers want to buy these vehicles. Uh, we have seen a lot of activity on our shopping sites where uh, people are home in front of their computers and what are they doing while well, they're looking for new transportation. Uh, it's an aspirational product. Uh, it gives people hope in a time where things are a little crazy out there. Uh, no, nothing makes things better than having new wheels. Uh, and then mm-hmm. when you couple the cheap gasoline that we have out there, boy, if, if we didn't have this virus, it really could be a, a fantastic summer for driving around. But clearly that's not the case. But we, you know, there is demand out there. The concern we have is uh, uh, the underlying economic factors are really going to be holding back this marketplace. Uh, you know, we're, we've got 30 million people unemployed. They are starting to get rehired, but that's a, that's a massive hit to the U.S. economy. And, mm-hmm. and on top of that, as I said, we've had the factories themselves shut down around the country. Uh, it's going to take a lot of time to get them up and running uh, to, the, to the levels of, of output that they were at before the virus. Mm. Um, well, I'd say one bright spot I feel like I've noticed in all of this is that pickup sales have continued to do rather well throughout the pandemic. Um, and I think that is a testament to how much the market has shifted in their direction. Can you shed any light on this trend as well as any others you and your team have noted? Um, and are there any other segments that have kind of held their own at least during COVID-19? Well, certainly pickup trucks have done quite well. Uh, as I said, I think a lot of that can be attributed to the financing. Uh, and as I, as you uh, you did ask before, I think one of the trends that will emerge from, from this virus is 84-month financing. I think we're going to see uh, quite a bit more of that in the marketplace. Uh, it seems to be fairly popular with consumers. Canada has been doing large amounts of it for a long time. And with 0% interest, out, interest rates out there from the Fed, it, it does seem uh, financially viable for the manufacturers or, or captives to offer that. Uh, but uh, clearly, pickup trucks have been a big winner. If we had to pick any losers out there, I'd say luxury is struggling a little bit. We can see that their mm-hmm. day supply numbers are higher than the industry average, uh, that uh, their uh, Essentially, their peak of too much inventory happened weeks after the the broader market. And I think the demand for these higher priced products is going to be under threat here uh, as we're in the depths of this crisis. Uh, you know, you know, the idea of going out there and spending a lot of money on, on, a, on a vehicle, I think, is going to be a real challenge for for uh, the luxury buyers here uh, in the next few months. Uh, the other segments that appear to be do- doing well is midsize SUV, uh, but you know, mm-hmm. it's a little hard to judge some of the uh, the product uh, differences and who's winning and losing. I think pickup trucks are pretty clear, but because of the regional differences in, in markets shutting down, it's hard to know how much is really consumer preferences changing in the virus and how much of it is uh, demand that's forced because certain states uh, that sell certain types of products were open versus other states that sell other kinds of products were not open. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, luxury products, which are you know very popular in the Northeast in California yet those markets were, were shut down, so you would expect luxury sales to suffer a little bit more. So we have to, I think, to be a little bit careful just because of the geography of this virus and, uh, and the markets being closed, making too many conclusions. Uh, I do think one thing we know uh, is that fleet sales are going to be suppressed uh, throughout the course of the year, and that doesn't uh, impact your uh, 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 listeners as much as it, it does sort of the marketplace in general. But this actually might be a, a, a silver lining in, the, in this dark cloud that we're dealing with, that because the rental car companies are having such a difficult time, there's not as many fleet orders that the manufacturers mm-hmm. need to fill. Therefore, the, uh, 
supply issue that I was talking about earlier, well, at least it's not going to get eaten up by fleet orders. Uh, it'll be available for retail sales. Uh, so mm-hmm. that uh, takes a little bit of the pressure off of the manufacturers that they might have had otherwise. Mm. And um, I know you mentioned 84 months financing as kind of being a lasting impact of the pandemic. Um, but are there any other long-lasting changes you see happening in the U.S. auto market as a result of what's happened in recent months? Well, one thing I think that we're going to see, and unfortunately I don't have the data, and I think it's going to take some study uh, to really uncover the numbers. But my hunch tells me is that those dealerships that were able to offer digital retailing uh, had a leg up on the competition and and were actually able to uh, sell product even in an environment where consumers did not want to leave their homes or did not want to interact with people. So I think that that's something that most dealers should start looking into is how covid uh, compliance is their uh, their business operations. Uh, you know, many people think the virus is nothing to be concerned about, but there is a large segment of the population, uh, right or wrong, that does is very concerned about this virus. If you don't meet their needs, uh, you're going to be saying goodbye to 10, 20, 50 percent of your market, maybe more. Who knows? Mm. Uh, so I would suggest that that you offer ways to purchase vehicles for all your potential buyers. And that's going to mean, how do I provide uh, service operations? Uh, how do I provide retailing to consumers that don't want to have very much uh, face-to-face interaction? And so I think that is a trend that certainly uh, over the next couple of years, there's going to be a large portion of the marketplace that ne- is going to be looking for uh, retailers that are offering that capability. Mm, absolutely. Um, well, you've been really um, informative today. Just to wrap up, do you have any final predictions on what maybe expect to see from the Ozono market through the rest of the year? I know that's kind of a asking. For, <laughs> yeah, well, it's, so let's it's, see far into the future. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, I think we're on the right path, but we really are in unique times. And there's a lot of hurdles yet for the industry to get through. You know, in the midst of everything that we've already been going through, uh, they're implementing the new USMCA trade agreement in the midst of all of this. So July 1st, uh, Canada, U.S., Mexico, and all of our uh, automotive suppliers and manufacturers need to be compliant uh, with this new trade agreement and with products and 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 uh, uh, parts moving across borders uh, in the midst of this pandemic. That's just a whole layer of complication on top of of everything else that we're dealing with. Uh, it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting fall, but I think we need to stay optimistic because if, I think the one thing we can see out there is that. Uh, the sales are on the right trajectory, that things are improving from from the bottom of where we were at. It's really just the pace of recovery that we're having a hard time uh, uh, trying to identify at this point. Hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Beltway Talk today, Charlie. Um, It's been great to have you back, and um, I'm sure we'll have you on here in the next few months as things progress to get your take on what dealers can expect moving forward. All right. Sounds great, Hannah. Thank you. That wraps up this episode of Beltway Talk. Thanks for listening in to hear from Cox Automotive's Charlie Chesbro. As a note, Charlie has also joined our Auto Talk webinar series in recent weeks to talk in depth about the auto market and what dealers can expect in the months ahead. You can find recordings from all of his webinars and others in our Auto Talk COVID-19 webinar series on our website at aiada.org/autotalk. Join us again next time for Beltway Talk. <laughs>